0: This photo is from a camping and hiking trip that we went on with some friends in the summer of 2018, about five years ago. So my good friend Ao, who is actually here today, he um, wanted us to experience this place called Harney Peak. Harney Peak in South Dakota. Anyone been? A few of us. Yeah, so he found a campsite in South Dakota, and we all headed out, and uh, that was our objective. Now, this same summer, I had been diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia, or F.A., and if you don't know me and you don't know what that is, it's a rare disease, that i was born with has slowly been taking away my physical abilities uh balance coordination speech strength my whole life but i was not diagnosed until i was 24. and so this summer i was much more physically able than i am now but i was still experiencing symptoms trouble balancing and uh, coordination energy and so this hike i i was able to make it but it was difficult and and i made it all the way up to the base of harney peak now when you get up there this is what you see but at the base you can't quite see this incredible view And so you go up on these rocks. And as you can imagine, if you have a balance disorder, this may not be where you want to go. (laughs) But we saw people up there uh, that were enjoying the view. We saw people walking down talking about how amazing it was. And my friends and I longed to see this view, and, and my friends longed for me to experience this. So my good friend, AO, who is a very balanced individual, he helped me, uh, he let me hold him for balance. So if, if I went down, we were going together. <laughs> he helped me uh, get up. And experience this beautiful view. And this story reminds me of the friends in this story. See, we all need a a friend like AO. And picture the scene. Maybe uh, a man got done fishing for the day, he went to the marketplace, and everyone was chattering, talking. Because if you read earlier in Luke, Jesus has been healing people. And obviously, the word had begun to spread. So people are chatting, chatting. And this friend heard about a man, Jesus, healing people. And immediately thought of his friend, who he watched day in and day out suffer with being paralyzed. And not only the physical inconvenience, but in this time there was a common belief that disability or disease was linked with sin. In John chapter 9, the disciples say, Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it him or his parents? There was an idea that you got what was coming to you. So this man, not only was he paralyzed, but he experienced this element of shame that he had done something to deserve this. So this friend in the marketplace thought of his paralyzed friend and how amazing it would be to bring him to Jesus. So I know we have some Swifties in the crowd I personally am not a a huge Swifty, I'm sorry. But you would have had to have been under a rock, I'm sorry, but it's true, if you did not know that she was in town. Everyone was talking about it, social media, the news. And this is how it likely was when Jesus came to town. People were talking. People wanted to know, where was he? How can we see him? So this friend, one day he must have heard, Jesus is at so-and-so's house teaching. This is our opportunity. So he ran and got a group of them. They got their paralyzed friend onto a mat and began to carry him. Imagine... They're hot, they're sweating, they're breathing hard. And the Bible doesn't say how long the journey was, but it must have been pretty long because by the time they got there, it seems to have been too late. There's already a crowd gathered. There are already people that want to hear Jesus, that want to be healed. And so do they pack it up? and go home? No. They're already sweating, breathing hard. See, here's a picture of what an ancient home in Jerusalem may have looked like. They were not deterred. They kept going, kept pushing. They climbed the stairs with this man on the mat. And then they began to disassemble the roof. And it was likely a thatched roof that could be disassembled. And it wasn't causing permanent damage, but you know what it it was doing? It was making a mess. It was making a mess. Dirt would have been falling. Everyone would have been disrupted. In the middle of Jesus, his sermon... People would have thought, "What the heck is happening?" They lower this man before Jesus. And when I look at these friends, I see two qualities that I wonder if we could exemplify first, these friends, they're desperate. They're just des- desperate for their friend. They see him every day suffering, struggling. And they're desperate to get him before Jesus. They sweat. They breathe hard. They don't turn away. They make a mess. And I just wonder today, if, if you know Jesus to be Lord and Savior, are you desperate for anyone to know him, to be brought to his feet? What if you heard of a man doing healing miracles I know, and you likely know people with terminal cancer right now that you think of, that we'd be desperate to bring them. I got a a text yesterday, someone with a young child who is having a brain bleed and may need emergency surgery. And I just think of the desperation to bring them before Jesus. But what if there was a, a man healing marriages, healing families, healing communities, healing depression and anxiety and addiction? Is there anyone you know that you would be desperate to bring before him? Would you inconvenience yourself, disrupt your schedule, sweat, breathe heavily, make a mess. Because you, you know what's messy is people. I work with students. They're messy. They, they don't always pick up their garbage. <laughs> but relationships are, are messy. Confessions are messy. Tears, people blowing their nose. It's messy but may not be so afraid of a, a, a mess that we don't bring people to the feet of Jesus. If you were here last week and you heard the baptism stories, bringing someone to the feet of Jesus may be providing childcare in a desperate situation or making a meal. Would we be desperate to bring our, our neighbors, our friends, co workers to the feet of Jesus. But they weren't only desperate to see the friends, they were expectant. They would not have gone through what they went through to get this man to Jesus if they weren't expecting a miracle. And I wonder today, are we expecting God to move? Are we expecting a miracle? Because our expectations will inform our actions. I mean, who are you going to invite next week to a fall kickoff if you don't expect God to work in their life? Or would you ask someone for prayer, how you can pray for them? or go strike up a conversation with your neighbor and build a a relationship, hoping that you can also share God's love with them. You wouldn't do that if you don't expect that it will make a difference. On this trip, we had a long car ride all the way to South Dakota flat. All you see is cornfields and wall drug billboards so we listened to a podcast it was a true crime true crime podcast and the part that sticks out to me is they said the suspect was thought to have been driving a blue jeep and so most people might think blue jeep that's kind of a rare I mean who actually drives A blue jeep? So if you found one, you might think we found the suspect. And it turns out they were overwhelmed by calls. Blue jeep, blue jeep, blue jeep here, blue jeep there, blue jeep everywhere. It was like, where did all these blue jeeps come from? (laughs) But the, the funny thing is, we had this long car ride. And wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden, there's a blue Jeep. There's a blue Jeep. We, we ended up buying a blue Jeep after this, unrelated. <laughs> but the reality is, it's not that blue Jeeps aren't out there. They are. But if you're not looking for them, if you're not expecting them, you may not notice them. And I would submit to you, it's not that the kingdom of God is not breaking in to our world. It's not that, that God is not on the move. And it's not that we don't have ample opportunities to join God on His mission for the world but we may not be looking. We may not be noticing. Uh, We may be so busy with work, with activities and entertainment that we forget to actually look. But I just want to ask you, the people on the podcast said this was confirmation bias. There's this, uh, I'm not a psychological expert, but it's a notion that you tend to find what you're looking for. And I want to ask, may we have confirmation bias for the kingdom of God. May we expect that God is is working miracles and doing something and may we join in the work. And I want to tell you I spent one summer living in intentional Christian community studying the Bible every day and then working in a humble position at Walmart every day. And every morning we prayed, God, would you open up a door, a window to share your love with someone today? And wouldn't you know it, blue jeep, blue jeep, blue jeep, every day there were different chances and there were so many testimonies that came out of this time because we were looking we were looking see Ao had told us about harney peak we had googled harney peak we had seen people enjoying the view we had expectation that it would be beautiful but no photo and no description can do it justice only going up there and experiencing it seeing it for yourself the view exceeded our expectations and in the same way Jesus exceeds expectations. Let's look at his response. They've gone through all this work to to bring this man. And what does Jesus say? He says, your sins are forgiven. Now it's important to understand who is present. The religious leaders had heard about a new rabbi who's teaching and healing. And he posed a major threat to their authority and their popularity. And they wanted to know who this man was. What is he teaching? They were hoping maybe we can catch him slipping. And they said, Who is this fellow forgiving sins? blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. And you know, they're right. They're right. If he were not one with God, he certainly would be blaspheming. And that's one part of the crowd. The other part is the friends, the paralyzed man, and all the other various people coming, trying to be healed. And, and can you imagine this picture and the air kind of being sucked out of the room like, what? Jesus, we, did, we came to be healed, not to have our sins forgiven? I mean, this man was paralyzed, ashamed. He wanted that to be resolved. But, but your sins forgiven? Come on, Jesus! Read the room. <laughs> so, there are two things I see in this miracle, and one is Jesus' divine authority. When I used to coach football at Roosevelt High School, the teens—they are saying. They would say, merch it, merch it. <laughs> it's a funny thing and what it means is prove it. Or put put some merchandise on it. So one one guy would say something and then the others would say, merge it. And then they would say, I'm my mama, I'm my grand I'm my granny. It was like, no, I really am telling the truth. And I'm, I'm putting it on something to prove it. And here, the religious leaders are saying, Jesus, you're claiming that you can forgive sins. Why don't you merge it? And Jesus says, watch. And heals the man. And he shows he is who he said he is. And if you're here today and you are doubting Christianity or you're not yet a believer and a follower of Jesus, I just want to mention the three L's theory. It's not my own, but it's that Jesus is one of three L's. He is a liar, he is a lunatic, or he is Lord either he's lying about his equality with god his ability to forgive he's or he's absolutely delusional totally crazy or he is who he says he is and i would invite you to read the scripture and study history and determine which of the three L's is most likely, most evidence-based, I just, especially if you're skeptical, I just challenge you to do, do that and then see what you think after that. This miracle was one of many examples of Jesus showing he is Lord. And this is why Christianity is unique and is unique from all religions and worldviews because Jesus is claiming that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the only one. Jesus' miracle also shows his holistic compassion. This verse certainly has been abused and misapplied that Jesus, see, he cares only about the spirit and the the miracle is only to show that he can heal your soul. And all we need to do is heal souls and who cares about people's circumstance. And I would say that is not the point of this story but well, what is the point is Jesus sees a whole person. And when, when he looks at us, he doesn't just want to heal our bodies, but heal our souls. And what I'm not going to get into today is why some people are healed and some people aren't healed. And is God still healing people but what I do want to say is that Jesus is aware that you can be physically able and spiritually disabled. See in the, in the FA community many people who have what I have who have FA they're in a wheelchair by the age of about 15 and they never experienced much life being fully physically able and there's a sentiment that if we get this cure if we get this treatment it will make us whole it's like a savior and for everyone it's different for you you don't have F.A. but you may have something else that you feel like, if this were solved, I may be healed. I may be whole. And I lived, I live being physically able and spiritually disabled. And not only physically able, but very physically able, you know, I hold my elementary school pull-up record, I think. Uh, I hit home runs. I scored touchdowns. I did all the stuff that was supposed to fulfill me and make me feel whole, and it always came up empty. And then when I became a Christian, when I was a young believer about 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I would say, now that I know Jesus, I could lose everything I have and I would still have everything I need. And the, the ironic part, I didn't know that that would happen literally in my physical body. And here I am 10 years later and I've lost a lot but I still say the same thing and in 10 years if I've lost more and more and there there is no treatment that is effective I will still be saying the same thing see physical disability and spiritual wholeness is better than, than physical ability and spiritual emptiness. And see, Jesus is so good exceeding our expectations because he wants both for us. And, and you may be saying, well, we prayed for so-and-so and they weren't healed. And if anyone understands that I do, I do. And every situation is different, but, but I understand the sentiment. But here's another truth. I could be healed today of F.A. and tomorrow diagnosed with terminal cancer. That just is true reality. And Jesus sees the depth of our souls And whether or not he heals us physically in this life, his plan is to ultimately restore all things, all bodies, all of creation. And this same Jesus is reaching his hand out today, offering people to be holistically healed, body, soul, marriage, addiction, mental health. And whether or not the, the physical part totally happens in this earth or not, it is still part of the complete package that he offers. And so as I close, I think I'm making good time. I want to say If you are here today and you don't know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't experienced an internal soul healing, He's offering it to you. I can tell you all about it. Multiple people can tell you about it. You can research it. But until you until I stepped on that peak south of you, until you experience it for yourself, you won't be able to understand how it will exceed your expectations. And if you're here today and you do know Jesus, I invite you and I invite me to be desperate, desperate for for somebody desperate for family desperate for friends classmates teammates coworkers maybe it's making a meal maybe it's childcare maybe it's inviting them next week maybe it's just striking up a conversation how can i pray for you And may we be expectant that the same Jesus who healed this man is alive today and living within us by his Holy Spirit. And he is ready, working miracles. The kingdom of God is moving if we're looking. And as you go this week, I can almost guarantee you, if I were a betting man, I would bet that you will see a blue jeep this week. I'll bet you. Come back to me next week and tell me if I'm right. And as you see that, may you also see the kingdom of God moving and your opportunity to be a part of it. Because it's everywhere. It's all over. We just have to look. We just need to expect. Let's pray. Father God, we just give you praise and glory. And thank you for a chance Today, on a holiday weekend, to come together and join in worship. God, I pray as during this message, people have come to our minds by the Holy Spirit that we may be desperate for them. God, may we expect you to work miracles and act on our expectations. May we see your kingdom, and may we see our place, our role, and our opportunities. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.